0: Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I'm your host, the Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at the Fellow KGB. And it is Tuesday night, six o'clock in the evening. We're going to be going over our week seven waiver wire report. We got a lot of news and stuff to get to. It's going to be a busy episode in this one. Uh, so we're kind of we're just looking at the uh, the screen share here, the FantasyFellowship.com. I'm going to start just with the teams that are on by this weekend. You got the Colts. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Baltimore Ravens. So the crazy thing today, the Miami Dolphins have announced that Tua Tagovailoa is going to be the starter. We don't know. I mean, if this could be a permanent situation where he's the starter the rest of the season. We'll see how well he performs. Uh, but really, good idea, I think, to put him in uh, entrenched as the starter before the bye week. Let him prep for like a whole you know week and a half or so. And just come in well prepared and see what happens. It's a bummer for Ryan Fitzpatrick owners, especially in super flex leagues. So we'll talk about two in a little bit here. But again, I guess we're going to be looking at quarterbacks right away here. So uh, some of the guys that I have, uh, the quarterback one streaming options, I have these guys ranked here. Uh, and we're going to kind of be flipping back and forth with the ESPN uh, percent roster guys. But I'm assuming Matthew Stafford, Gardner Minshew, and Ryan Tannehill are all going to be owned. Uh, if any of these guys are available and you're in a one quarterback league, I highly recommend uh, snagging one of these guys, specifically Matt Stafford going up against Atlanta, one of the worst teams, probably the worst team against the quarterbacks and the receivers. Gardner Minshew, uh, he's always going to fight. The Jaguars don't have a lot of good game script, so they're going to have to keep throwing the ball. So I like Gardner Minshew in a spot here. And then Ryan Tannehill, man, he's been playing. Probably the best quarterback outside of Russell Wilson, I think, all season. He's been really, really consistent. It doesn't really matter who his weapons are. He's been finding a way to get it done, whether it's with the the passing or his legs. So uh, interesting matchup against Pittsburgh. We got two 2-0 teams, Tennessee versus Pittsburgh. So I really like that game for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Let's take a look here at some of the percent roster ship that we got going on uh, over on ESPN League. So I have this filtered by projections. And then I'm kind of just looking at the percent rostered ship and seeing who sticks out here. So the first guy that I think I'm going to recommend people pick up in one quarterback's lease is going to be Justin Herbert. He's going up against Jacksonville this weekend. He's less than 60% owned in most ESPN leagues. So Justin Herbert, uh, it could be a 50-50% chance he's probably in your uh, your waiver wire this weekend. So uh, what has he done for us this far? He's been throwing touchdowns. He's been rushing for touchdowns. And, I mean, the last two weeks he's showed up really well against good defenses. you got Tampa Bay and New Orleans. I mean, we just saw what Tampa Bay's defense did to Aaron Rodgers, and you see Justin Herbert coming out here throwing almost 300 yards, three touchdowns. So that's pretty remarkable. <clears throat> So I really like what the rookie's doing here. He's had a bye week to kind of digest uh, the last four starts and kind of go from there. But looking at the Chargers' upcoming schedule, he's got Jacksonville, Denver, Las Vegas, Miami, the Jets. Buffalo's defense is, you know, they kind of got exposed against the Chiefs the other night. Um, So really, really good run of starting potential games here for Justin Herbert. So that's really exciting. So I think Justin Herbert uh, is one of the top priority ads this week for the quarterback spot. We talked about Ryan Tannehill. For some reason, he's only 66% owned in most of these leagues. So that's why I threw him out there on the list. You got Joe Burrow going up against Cleveland. I think that's a good spot start. You know, Less than 55% owned here. Uh, Carson Wentz going up on Thursday night against the Giants. This is actually a sneaky one here. I really don't think people realize how good the Giants defense is against quarterback points and wide receivers. They're actually not allowing a lot of those numbers. Uh, so they pretty much are solid against, uh, quarterback receivers. They do allow tight end and, re- and running back points. Uh, so i got Carson Wentz here, 51% owned. That's kind of interesting. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater down here at about 42% owned. He's going up against the saints, his former team. And then as you see, he's got the big green 30% or the 30th ranking matchup here. So this could be a really good spot for Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, so if we bounce back to the fellowship.com, this is kind of how I rank these guys, uh, here, let me actually hit refresh on that. Cause I did I did update these rankings just a little bit here, so I do have Justin Herbert. If you need, if you're in a pinch, you need a quarterback this weekend for Lamar, or say you were starting uh, who are the other guys? Maybe you were starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think Justin Herbert's the guy to pick up because, uh, like, we were looking at the schedule. He's got a good six, seven week schedule here where you can just plug in Justin Herbert. So I think he's. If you need a quarterback, I highly recommend Justin Herbert as the guy to keep an eye on. Um, I do like what Teddy Bridgewater's been doing here. He's playing up against his own old team. Uh, but the thing about Justin Herbert is he's coming off his bye. So you already have the bye you know, out of the way. And then with his schedule, it's just such a good schedule for the Chargers coming up. He's coming off the bye against Jacksonville at Denver, the Raiders, the Dolphins, the Jets. And we, Buffalo's kind of suspect defense right now. So I'm seeing, what, six six weeks I could potentially starting uh, Justin Herbert there. So if you're in a one quarterback league, I think Justin Herbert's the guy to make sure he's not available. He looks like he could be a guy uh, that we could be starting for the next month and a half or so, so I really like that. And then if we just hold on to Justin Herbert come fantasy playoff time, I love looking at uh, one of my favorite things to do is looking ahead at the schedule for fantasy playoffs. And uh, week fourteen, that's when most fantasy playoffs start. He's got Atlanta and then the Raiders and then Denver, so three really good matchups here to help you through your playoffs. Uh, So Justin Herbert, I mean, he's in the super flex leagues. He's like the perfect quarterback too. You kind of just leave him in there and expect him to get at least two or three touchdowns a game. So I love what the rookie's doing in Los Angeles. So he's probably my one quarterback that I'm making sure I try to make make sure he's not hanging around the waiver wire. Even if you already have a good quarterback, just block somebody from getting uh, Justin Herbert in that really good schedule. And we just look at the playoff schedule. So he's probably the one guy I want to make sure you guys can uh, either start him or block him from the other teams. Um, So then you got. The big news today, Tua Tagovailoa, he's going to be stepping in for Ryan Fitzpatrick the next few, uh, probably the rest of the season. So I just want to take a look at the Dolphins' schedule real quick and see what we got brewing here for the rookie quarterback. He came in for the last two minutes last weekend, two for two, nine yards, nothing special. Uh, But looking at the schedule, he's got the Rams and the Cardinals. So these, and then I guess the chargers here too. So these are three really tough defenses. I don't know if I'm going to be trusting uh, Tua to you know, even in a super flex league, I kind of want to wait and see a week or two and see what we're getting. But after these three really tough games, the schedule is going to open up here against Denver, the jets Cincinnati, and we'll see what he can do against Kansas city, new England. I'm not excited about that, but you could get some potential spot starts out of Tua here. So I think a lot of people are going to be really excited about Tua, uh, but I'm, I'm probably going to want to wait and see at least what the next two, three weeks are going to be doing. And when, Uh, You already got a guy that might be available in Justin Herbert here. So I'm a big fan of what Herbert can do. But uh, if you're in need of quarterback or if you have any questions, you can fire them away in the chat. Uh, As far as Superflex leagues, just check and see if any of these guys are available. Uh, In the Superflex leagues, all 32 quarterbacks should basically be rostered. Uh, So maybe if it's Joe Flacco this weekend going up against Buffalo, he's got a chance at a touchdown or two. Kyle Allen, uh, potential quarterback two against Dallas. I'm kind of interested in that. And we'll see what Drew Locke can do. He's still coming back from injury. He looked a little rusty last week. uh, But as they play keep up against Kansas City, we'll see what he does. But um, let's take a look at the running backs here. I think that's what most people want to be talking about. Um, So if you're new to the fantasy fellowship, I do. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, The following running backs here are likely owned but might be available in your league. So these are guys that I would prioritize above some of the other, you know, the must ads of the week. If any of these guys are available, I would highly recommend getting these guys before the Boston Scots and, you know, Gus Edwards and such. Uh, But DeAndre Swift came out and he just balled out last weekend. Now he gets a really good matchup against Atlanta. So I'm going to be ranking DeAndre Swift as a RB2 in PPR leagues. He gets all those catches. Uh, Phil Blinsey came out and got what? 23 carries 101 yards. He's going up against Kansas City, so it's a tough matchup. But who knows what's going on with Melvin Gordon? If you guys didn't, if no one added Philip Lindsay last week, he's probably going to be a high priority at this weekend. So just make sure he's not available. Uh, Jarek McKinnon might have been dropped over the last week since Raheem Mostert returned, but Mostert's going to be on IR for at least three weeks now. Uh, So Jarek McKinnon's going to enter our good graces as a PPR RB2. He's okay in standard and half PPR. Uh, but he's definitely an RB2 in PPR leagues. James White looked really good last weekend. I think he caught like seven or eight passes. So he's back as an RB2. Uh, Justin Jackson, he looked phenomenal uh, against the Saints. Uh, I think it was last Monday night. So I'm ranking Justin Jackson over the rookie Joshua Kelly. I think especially against Jacksonville and Austin Eckler still out for a few more games. So you're potentially getting an RB2 here for at least maybe three or four more games. Uh, so make sure he's not hanging around. Naheem Hines, he might get dropped. Uh, at this point, because he's on a buy, but he's worth an add in PPR leagues. Chase Edmonds, if anyone cut him, he's worth having on the end of your roster. Adrian Peterson still getting some of those goal line carries. And then J.K. Dobbins, this whole Baltimore Ravens backfield is <clears throat> it's kind of frustrating for, for fantasy owners. But we did see Mark Ingram leave the game with an ankle injury last week. Uh, I think he only played on nine snaps and it ended up being Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins both getting over 30 snaps in that game. So they're on by this week. I don't know if Mark Ingram is going to be back for week eight, uh, but even if he is, he might be on a limited snap count, and if anyone just happened to cut J.K. Dobbins or we're going to talk about Gus Edwards in a little bit here, uh, these two guys – into the bye week, they might be, you know, someone might be dropping JK or even Mark Ingram. And uh, we're looking at that Baltimore backfield as something that we're going to want to have a piece of down the stretch. Because if, if more injuries happen or something, you know, kind of shakes down and they just keep giving the ball to the rookie or to Gus, we're going to want that running back for Baltimore. So keep an eye on that whole uh, situation. If anyone drops Dobbins, I highly advise scooping them up and just holding on to the end of your roster. Uh, But now we're going to get to the priority running backs that should be available in your league. I think Boston Scott's going to be available in most uh, formats. Let's just take a look here at the running backs available. I'm going to just hit running back and uh, we're going to hit all available and we'll filter by projections. I'm just curious what uh, ESPN's got Boston Scott projected for. Uh, So they got Boston Scott down here at about 12.7. I think I could see that. Uh, He's, I mean, he's got a, you know, like a, 50% chance at a touchdown if they get close Uh, but it's a really good matchup against the Giants like we were talking about earlier I think the running backs and the tight ends get the most points against the Giants so Boston Scott's going to be coming in here he hasn't really looked great this year I don't think yeah he doesn't have a game over 7.4 fantasy points Um, so this is probably his floor he's going to come in here and probably run the ball nine or ten times he's going to get two or three receptions so I think you're looking at something you know, in the seven range as a floor. And then he's got the opportunity because it's a really good matchup against the Giants. You know, he can, you know, get a couple boom plays and maybe get a touchdown. Uh, so, anywhere in that seven to 10 range, I think that's his floor. So, if you are in a desperate pinch and need a running back starter, whether it's for an injury or bye weeks, I think Boston Scott is probably the easiest guy to, to recommend adding to people uh, just because he's going to get the volume and that game stripped. Think and think about this, the Eagles. I mean, they got really nobody healthy on that team right now. So Boston Scott's going to probably be walking into twelve to fifteen touches on Thursday night football. So I think Scott is the one guy that if you're if you're leaning on him and you want to start him, uh, and there's also the unknown injury of Miles Sanders. We don't know if he's going to be back ready for the next game. So you might get two spot starts out of Boston Scott. So uh, and then there's always the case that Miles Sanders could re-aggravate what, uh, his injury which could give you more Boston Scott games down the road. So he's the one run. If you need a running back, Boston Scott's going to be the one guy uh, that makes the most sense Uh, guys that I'm kind of interested in on a lower end of the spectrum. If Gus Edwards is available, I don't mind adding him Uh, you could probably add Gus Edwards for free. If you're in a free agent auction bidding system, Uh, just add him free tomorrow for, for zero dollars because he's on a buy. No one's going to be bidding on him, Uh, but he's definitely a guy I've been keeping my eye on. He got the goal line touchdown last weekend. And uh, I don't know. He's, he's a very good runner. If he was on a different team in a different situation, he could be the lead back. Um, so I'm interested. As, I mean, Mark Ingram's hurt now. He's a, what, a 31-year-old running back. There's always a good chance of re-injury. He's just not been himself this year. So I'm open to Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins leading this backfield down the stretch. Um, then you got Latavius Murray here. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, If I think they're the first or the second. Either they're one of the two. They're either the first or the, the second worst defense against the running backs right now, and the Saints are coming off a bye, nice and healthy. Uh, Going up against Carolina, they've struggled to cover the running backs all season. So if you miss out on Scott or you you need someone else to kind of spot start, uh, I can see the Saints just really going all in with the run game here and uh, making Latavius Murray a a pretty big piece of the game on Sunday to wear down that defense. If you look at his numbers, I mean, Alvin Kamara is still healthy, but you look at the carries here. Uh, he's received as many as 15 carries week one. Uh, The week three was the low point, but he also got some catches there. So uh, just based on this volume alone, I'm going to say maybe eight to 10 carries and maybe a a catch or two. So you probably, I mean, these last three weeks are very telling. He's probably going to get you seven points, or he does have that opportunity to get a touchdown here and maybe get you a little bit more. So uh, I like the options for Latavius Murray this week. Uh, Looking in purely PPR formats, it's going to be JD McKissick. Going up against Dallas, we just watched Dallas's defense get ran over by the by the Cardinals. So J.D. McKissick here in PPR leagues, he's actually developing himself a really safe floor. Uh, I mean, his worst game was week one, sure, 5.3, but then an 8.2, a 9.6, a 10.9, and then last week he ended up catching six for 43, uh, 14.4, and he also got – he did really well in the, the carry department here for 41 yards. Uh, so that's 84 total yards. That's six catches. He's clearly a part of the offense at this point. He's actually getting just as many snaps as Antonio Gibson. So if you're looking for more low-key guy that you kind of just plug in for a safe 8 to 10 points, uh, J.D. McKissick has definitely caught my attention. So you see seven, six, six catches the last couple of weeks. The guy's developing a pretty safe floor. So I like what I see here uh, out of the, Reds or the Washington football team running back. Uh, and then these are guys that I'd probably just have as really low-end, Uh, adds here. Zach Moss going up against the Jets. It's going to be a really good matchup. The rookie came back last week, uh, I guess, against the Chiefs. I guess that was last night. So he didn't really do anything too much. I think he had maybe five carries for 10 yards or something. But if we expect the Buffalo Bills to be just tearing up the Jets, you could see them uh, try to make Devin Singletary and Zach Moss get more run, uh, wear out the fourth quarter, maybe in the third quarter too. So I'm interested in Zach Moss. He's a guy that might have been dropped because he's been hurt the last few weeks. And uh, he's, he's just a physical runner. I can see as the weather gets colder and colder in Buffalo, uh, Zach Moss gets a little bit more game plan oriented. Uh, then you got the, I guess we got both uh, New York Jets running backs here. I know it's the Jets, but they're talking about uh, getting Michael Perrine more carries. I know it's against Buffalo, but we just saw what Clyde Edwards and the other uh, Chiefs backs did against this Buffalo Bills defense. So maybe if, if the Jets have any sense of a, of a good game plan, it's going to be to run the ball. And that's going to be with Frank Gore and Lamichael Michael Pirine. I just want to see what these guys are both projected here. Uh, Frank Gore down here at about 7.6. That's fine. They actually got Pirine projected for 8.8. So that would be kind of their floors. You know, you're kind of hoping for six to eight points at the least. Uh, so if you miss out on some of these high priority guys, I'm keeping my eye on both Jets running backs. And then the one guy that I think I'm going to probably add for free tomorrow morning, you don't need to put a claim on him. Uh, you can probably just snag him first thing in the morning. Uh, and that's going to be Jermichael Hastings here going up against New England. But like we talked about with McKinnon, uh, you got Raheem Mostert going to be on IR. He looked really good last night or on Sunday Night Football going up uh, against the Rams. I'm trying to see here. They do have the potential of Jeff Wilson coming back. Uh, but R- Wilson's been dinged up the last couple of weeks, so he hasn't been doing Uh, much work and then you got this rookie here here let me just type his name in Uh, Hasty he was a very good running back receiver uh, out of Baylor he got his really first extended look last uh, Sunday night here so he gets nine carries 37 yards he actually to me he stuck out more than Jarek McKinnon running the ball and this kid's a really good pass catcher he didn't get any targets or catches in this game Uh, but he's got a huge ball of hair here Uh, but just out of curiosity he's he's a guy that I'm worth especially just because we know Uh, Raheem Mostert is going to be out the next few weeks Uh, the schedule doesn't look terrible I mean New England's kind of a tough run matchup but then you get Seattle and Green Bay these could be some juicy matchups so I mean if anything happens to McKinnon or if Jeff Wilson injures himself again uh, we just know that this 49ers running game is super productive and it's really friendly for fantasy football so he's a guy uh, I would recommend looking at tomorrow morning if he's still hanging around then we got this Joe Mixon injury here. So I'm just keeping an eye on Giovanni Bernard. If you do have Joe Mixon, maybe Bernard's worth, you know, throwing four or $5 at uh, just in case the hedge of the bets there. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I haven't heard anything from Joe Mixon. Let's just take a look here. Um, I'll just add the word injury to this. Um, So I think it was his foot injury. He left like mid third quarter. Um, So let's just take a look here. So yeah, everyone's kind of recommending Giovanni Bernard. So maybe you up your a little bit. A We're little heading into week seven of the yeah, fantasy. Quiet lady. Um, so Joe, uh, I mean, it's a kind of a tough matchup going up here against Cleveland. They have a decent run defense. So I don't know, uh, especially if you have Joe Mixon, it makes sense to just snag Giovanni Bernard, but uh, I'm not going to feel great about starting Bernard either way. If Mixon is out, I think they're going to probably work in. Uh, they did add some Perine, and they also have Travian Williams. So I think Bernard's probably going to be more of like a six to eight point floor guy. Uh, but I definitely recommend checking out some of the other running backs I recommend here. And again, the way I set up these lists, if any of these running backs here are above, uh, I highly recommend checking out these guys. These guys have more long-term value, and they should not have been dropped, or these guys should not be available. So that's kind of how I would navigate this. Uh, let's take a look at the wide receivers, though. So these are receivers that are are likely owned. But like I said before, if any of these receivers are available, these guys got really solid long-term value. And uh, these are guys that could you know help you uh, you know, maneuver to the playoffs and down the stretch. So just take a look at this list. I don't know if I want to talk about these guys too much, uh, cause I do want to talk about some of the priority receivers that you guys should be adding. Uh, and these are guys that might be available. So we're going to take a look here at T Higgins, uh, going up against Cleveland. Cleveland's not a very good team against the receivers. Uh, let me take a look here. So the one website that I use is called FF today. Uh, and they have a really good stat here. So if you just go to FF today and you hit the, the stats button, you're going to scroll down a little bit, and then where it says fantasy, they do offer this really nice tab that says uh, fantasy points allowed. So we're going to click on two receivers, and uh, I play PPR, so that's kind of my default way of talking about fantasy football. But the Cleveland Browns are allowing the fourth most uh, fantasy points to the wide receiver position per game. So that's 45 points per game. They've given up nine touchdowns, over a thousand yards, almost 90 catches. So uh, Joe Burrow and T. Higgins—they've been—they've just been playing really well together especially last week and I think Higgins had his first uh, 100 yard uh, game of his career and I just I'm just curious here let's just filter by projections and I just want to see how much they're projecting T Higgins for here Um, so they got him going for about 13 points I like that if you look at his last four games really I mean this is solid wide receiver two production uh back going back to week 3 here with 21 points against Philadelphia, 13 against Jacksonville, 10 against Baltimore and then 18.7 going up against Indy. So these last two weekends he survived Baltimore and Indianapolis and I think most people would agree that those are two probably top 5 defenses uh in the league right now. So he gets a 10 and an 18. So I'm f- I'm feeling pretty good about that being his range going forward and I think T Higgins, I mean if you got him, you got to find a way to get him into your lineup cuz I mean, the dude's just a big end zone target. He's getting the targets that you want to see here nine, seven, eight, eight. They even give him some carries every now and then, too. So that's really fun to see them wanting to get T. Higgins involved in the game. So I think, what's his percent ownage? So he's less than 60% owned. So he might be owned in your league. But if he's not, I, I really like him. And just as a rookie receiver, we're going to probably see his role continue to to grow. You know, the, the Bengals are, are likely thinking about what's happening next season. So they want to get these Joe Burrow, these T. Higgins. They want to get these guys reps and in-game, you know, experience together. So I really like Higgins in a spot against Cleveland. Like we said, they're the fourth, allowing the fourth most fantasy points per game to the receiver position. And then you got Christian Kirk here uh, going up against Seattle. And since we're on the topic of fantasy points allowed here, the Seahawks, The Seahawks are clearly the worst team against the wide receiver. It's not even close. You see all these teams are, you know, tight in the 40s. The Seahawks are 12 points above. Uh, So allowing almost 60 fancy points to the receiver position, over 108 catches, almost 1,500 yards and seven touchdowns. So you're basically, the way this looks, you're going to want to start receivers against Seattle the rest of the season. That's just way too many points, almost 60 PPR points per game. Uh, So, of course, you're starting DeAndre Hopkins, but, I mean, Christian Kirk, uh, he's a guy that had a really big boom game last night. I'm trying to see where he falls on this list of projections. So he's only projected 10.5, which seems really low, uh, but he's on the list because he's less than 50% owned. And then if you just look at what Christian Kirk has done the last three games, uh, he's coming in. He's got three touchdowns in three games, so that's nice. Uh, but a 10.9, a 12.8, and a 22.6. So he's kind of developing a pretty nice floor. You even go back to week two where he had two for 57 and a, a carry for three yards. I mean, an eight-point game, That's if that's the worst thing that could happen, I, I mean, I suppose you can survive an eight- or ten-point game from Christian Kirk. But you're looking for these – I mean, that deep all that – uh, Murray hit with uh, Kirk early in the game last night. That's what you're looking for here. And as teams are you know focused on stopping Murray's legs and DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk's going to continue to get really good coverage this year. So if he's still available, like I said, less than 50% owned, uh, that's why he's on the list. So make sure he's if you grab him, he's a spot start this weekend because that's a really, really good matchup. Uh, and then we got Mike Williams here going up against Jacksonville. We, t- we talked about uh, Justin Herbert at the top of the show. So I'm a really big fan of what these – Uh, the young Charger quarterback can do. And we saw what Mike Williams could do going up against the Saints the other night. So this is the guy who is about 50% rostered. A lot of people probably added him going into the bye week. Uh, We don't really have too much detail going on, you know, these first three games. I think this game was with Tyrod Taylor. He got injured, and I think he didn't really play healthy in these two games. Uh, But this game, I mean, if you watch the game, he stuck out like crazy. Justin Herbert was trusting him to win 50-50 balls. Uh, good for eight targets, five catches, 109 yards, and two touchdowns. Just from watching Herbert, you know, in his four starts, he's not not afraid to throw it up, and especially that deep ball. He's hit some other receivers too. And, um, I mean, Mike Evans or Mike Williams is healthy coming out of the bye. Uh, Keenan Allen should be healthy. Austin Eckler's coming back soon too. So if Mike Williams is somehow hanging around your waiver wire, I think this guy's he's going to be a wide receiver three that you're going to want to have in your lineup if you got him. So check it out and see if he's hanging around. Uh, We got Preston Williams here chilling on by this is a kind of an interesting one because we don't really know what this offense is going to look like with Tua. Is he going to favor Devontae Parker? It could be Mike just It could be Preston Williams. It could be, you know, just, you know, handing it off and getting a bunch of targets to miles Gaskin. Uh, But the thing with Preston Williams lately, is he's scored in I think in back-to-back games and maybe three out of the last four games. Um, So he kind of had a slow start to the season um let's see here so yeah he's got three touchdowns in the last four games a little bit slow start to the season as he's kind of getting his feet back under him from his acl injury uh but i mean this big game against san francisco kind of got him some confident confidence uh but the targets aren't really there so that's kind of you know making me nervous but uh, a really good second year receiver uh like we said he's coming back from the acl injury last year but now he gets a bye so he's easily going to be the healthiest he's been All season. And now that he's got some really good confidence, he's stacking three touchdowns out of the last four games. Uh, This could be a guy that just has, you know, immediate chemistry with Tua. So I'm really interested in that. If you have the space to add a guy like Preston Williams to your bench, I think that's worth a hold. I mean, if we don't like what we see, you know, in these first couple games, you can always get rid of him and move on. But it's, I mean, if he comes out and Tua locks onto him for, you know, seven to eight targets, you know, you might have something there. So I really like Preston Williams' upside. We'll see how he looks with the young rookie quarterback. Uh, we got Deshaun Jackson here. Uh, I want to see what he's projected. I believe he's playing tomorrow night. It's going to be his first game. Uh, I think he played maybe week one or week two, but it's going to be his first game back in a while. So he's only, he's less than 29% owned. He's projected 7.9 points. I just want to see if he did play a game. So he's played in a couple games here with Carson Wentz this season. And in those games, you see seven targets and nine targets. I think he left early in the Cincinnati game. So that's the one where he got hurt. Uh, probably would have been eight to nine targets again. But uh, you look at this kind of floor here, anywhere from the 6 to 12 range, I think that's really reasonable. And then just just because it's the Giants, he's got the, the really good potential to get a boom play, maybe a 50- or 60-yard touchdown. Um, and then I guess the Giants quarterback or cornerback, uh, what's his name? They're not 100%. They were really patient with him. So I, I think we're going to see Deshaun Jackson flying around and uh, making some deep moves. Uh, and then you got Adam Humphreys here going up against Pittsburgh. Uh, I know Pittsburgh's a tough matchup, but if you look at what they're they're doing here, this is, again, this is fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver position. The Steelers are allowing the 10th most points to the receivers in PPR leagues, almost 40 points per game here. Um, so it's not a, I mean, it's a, it sounds like a bad matchup Pittsburgh defense. You know, we're kind of scared of that. But the Tennessee Titans have a solid offensive line. I know Taylor LeWan's out for the season. Uh, but they had uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, or Ryan Tannehill is mobile. He can kind of dance around the you know the backfield and find these receivers. But Adam Humphreys, uh, you think about the, the pass rush for Pittsburgh. Uh, they're also down Devin Bush, by the way, for the season. So that's going to open up the middle of the field, which is kind of why I like Adam Humphreys. Uh, we did see Adam Humphreys score against the Houston Texans. I just want to see what Adam Humphreys is going to be projected for here. Um, so he should be available in most leagues. He's probably good for at least eight to 10 points, you know, on a floor basis. Uh, let's see here. I don't see him on this page. Where is Adam Humphreys? Yeah, we'll just, we'll just search Adam Humphreys here. He's projected 7.8 points. I think that's He's going to get that at minimum. So in the games that Adam Humphreys has played again, he was on the COVID list. He's had no worse than eight points. So you're looking at this, this nice wide range of eight to, 18 points. So he went for six and sixty-four and the touchdown last weekend. So that's really good numbers. I think Corey Davis is going to be back, but he's it's his first game back from COVID, so he might be, you know, limited on snaps. Uh but when when Humphreys plays, he gets six to eight targets or six to seven targets, and he's gonna get four to six catches and he's pretty pretty consistent with the yards. So if you're in a desperate pinch and you need a guy to whip out there at you know wide receiver three or flex, I think Adam Humphries. I mean, just because Ryan Tannehill is playing such good football, you kind of wanna be attached to that. So It looks like I made the spelling error here on Corey Davis. Uh, If Corey Davis was dropped, you could pick him up. I don't know if I'm going to trust him this weekend. Like I said, he might be limited. Uh, I've heard it takes a little bit, you know, a little week or two for these COVID players to kind of get back into shape and condition. Uh, I got Tim Patrick here Uh, in parentheses. I did say he's the most dependable Denver receiver and just watching him play. The dude actually reminds me a lot of Cortland Sutton, which uh, is really good for, when Sutton returns next year, but Tim Patrick, man, he's making a lot of really ex- excellent downfield plays. I'm just looking to see where he is projected here. He should be a top 50 receiver this weekend. Um, so they only got him projected for 9.7. Uh, but in his first game with Drew Lock here, he goes up and puts a 14.1. Uh, the last two games here, you're going to see 23.3 and 14.3. So, I mean, the guy scored touchdowns. He's going over hundred yards. This could be a really sneaky player here. That could just be locked into wide receiver three numbers for us the rest of the way. Uh, so their schedule coming up, there's like the Broncos passing schedule is really juicy. Uh, I know we got the chiefs, we got the chargers here, but those could be games where the, you know, Denver's forced into throwing more passes than they want to. Uh, but after that week nine, you're going to get Atlanta, the Raiders, Miami. So he's got some really good games and matchups coming up here. Uh, towards the middle of the season. So Tim Patrick's available. He's, I mean, he's not even 28% of the leagues, you know, so uh, he might be a guy that could be plug and played. Uh, I'm looking at Sterling Shepard a lot on, he should be available on a lot of people's waiver wires. Uh, He's not really owned at all, but 36% owned. Uh, I think he's been activated. I don't know if he has been, they still have the IR tag here. I don't expect him to play very well if he does play on Thursday night, but, uh you could be you know week eight you could be looking at a receiver that you kind of plug back into as a wide receiver three flex uh before he got injured here I mean he put up 10 points against the Steelers so this was a tough matchup and he came out you know fairly well if you get a 10.7 game from your wide receiver three it's okay Uh, and then he came out against Chicago and this was all in the first quarter so he had four targets in the first quarter they even gave him a carry uh, so if you, you know, roughly multiply that by three or four, he's looking at a 15-point day. Maybe gets a touchdown. Um, so he's a really valuable piece to the Giants' offense. I don't think Golden Tate's looking very good as he gets older. So this is going to be, you know, it's going to be a Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard offense. So if he's available, he's a guy that you can, you, even if they don't activate him from IR, you can pick up Sterling Shepard and uh, just drop him to your IR or slide him to your IR right away, and then you can go ahead and add another guy. So that's kind of a move that I like to do here. Um, So one receiver that I did not put on here, I'm going to have to update this surprise. I did not put him on here. Um, Now that I see it, it's going to be DeMarcus Robinson, uh, Kansas city chiefs. Uh, We just saw last night, Monday afternoon football, five catches, 69 yards, six targets. And I think Patrick Mahomes only threw the ball 26 times. So six out of 26, that's you know, that's almost 24% of the, or 25% of the targets. Uh, That's good for 11.9 fantasy points going up against Denver the Jets, Carolina. We don't know how long Sammy Watkins is going to be out for. I would imagine he'd be back after the bye if they're going to hold him out that long. Uh, but you're all of a sudden, you're looking at um, a receiver here in one of the best offenses attached to Patrick Mahomes. Um, so if you don't check out my, week's, my opportunity report every week, I will go ahead and I'll, I'll look at the box scores from the games. And I'm going to import, um, I'm going to type up the snap counts and all the stats. Uh, so last night against the cheat or against the Bills, Demarcus Robinson, he led the receivers in snaps. He had 69 snaps. Tyreek Hill was second most with 67. Uh, but he was on the field for 95% of the time uh, compared to Mikko Hardman's 40%. So that's a, that's a huge difference. Hardman only gets one target. Uh, Tyreek Hill got five, so maybe Ty- Tyreek gets some more. But like we said, Mahomes only threw the ball 26 times. That's, sometimes that happens in one half for him. So this is an offense that you want to be a part of. I don't think Demarcus Robinson's got a high roster ship, only less than 2% roster ship. So this could be uh, probably my most favorite sneaky ad of the week. That's going to be Demarcus Robinson. Got a really nice schedule coming up. Sammy Watkins is out for a little bit more yet with that hamstring. Hopefully I mean, hopefully they just let him be, let him come back after the bye week. But uh, we could be looking at a guy here that could be a wide receiver three flex for us. Uh, let's go ahead here and look at the tight end situation. Anthony Ferkser, what the firk? Uh He just went off. It looked like Johnny Smith. I think he had an ankle injury. Might be a high ankle sprain. Uh, so in my head right now, I'm just not expecting uh, Johnny Smith to be ready to go this week. It might make sense to just kind of leave him uh, heal and see what he can do the, the you in know, week eight. But Anthony Ferkser, if you didn't see what he did last week, I mean, he had a, one of the best tight end games of the season last week. So I'm kind of just looking around here. I don't know if he's projected much. He's only projected 4.8, but that's still because they have John Smith projected to be in. But Anthony Ferkser comes in here with nine targets, eight catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Now, Ferkser kind of caught my eye the week before because I didn't notice these five targets. It was three for 19, but if any tight ends getting about five to six targets kind of piques my attention, uh, and I kind of monitor that. So the thing about this is if you do have Johnny Smith, I think this would be the guy that I'm going to recommend you add. Just, I mean, if John Johnny's out, you just plug in Ferkser. Uh, but there's also potential re-injury for Johnny Smith. These ankles can be tricky for tight ends as they're, you know, they're, they're making big blocks and making cuts. Um, so keep an eye on that Johnny Smith injury. I don't know, uh, today's Tuesday. Typically the first injury report comes out for Wednesday for these guys. Um, so you're kind of walking in blind tonight. We don't really know. I think uh, ESPN projecting him to play though. So it's saying a minor ankle injury. So maybe he plays, uh, but even then, just because if if he does play and they know that he's kind of limited, maybe they just do allow Ferkser to get more snaps. And since the cat's kind of out of the bag, we just saw this tight end get hundred yards and a touchdown. Uh, he might be just worth the bench spot just in general. And then kind of the same thing with Trey Burton. Uh, Trey Burton comes in last week, runs a wildcat touchdown run in. And then he catches a touchdown uh, maybe like 10 minutes later. So I really like what Trey Burton can do. Um, he's not going to be projecting any points this week because he's on by. Uh, but let me just take a look and see what Trey Burton did. So Burton caught my attention because he's, he's been getting targets. You see five, six, and five. That's kind of that number that I like for tight ends at a minimum. Uh, but he blows up four for 58 in touchdown, and touchdown. Then he runs a touchdown in. So Trey Burton he might be, he's only less than 10% owned. So this is a guy that I definitely, re- definitely recommend. Uh, maybe not, you know, adding for an expensive price tag. If he kind of skirts through on the waiver wire tomorrow, we can add him for free. But it looks like we got a question here. Let me answer this. Uh, so Uday Bindra, thanks for the question. Uh, so Carson, Chubb, Damian Harris, Devontae Adams, Amari, Cooper, Lockett, and Justin Jefferson. Which receiver should I trade for an RB in your three and three? So Chris Carson, you're pretty good there. He's going to be, he's got the bye week. So Chris Carson's going to be locked in there. Uh, Damien Harris, we can't really trust him. So you're kind of just holding off hope for Nick Chubb right now. Um, So I'm assuming, do you start two or three of these receivers? I'm, I'm probably guessing you start two receivers and then one at flex. Does that sound correct? So then essentially you're leaving one of these guys on the bench, which does kind of suck. That does, I do not like that at all. Um, So I'm more inclined to keep Devontae Adams out of all of them just because one he's already had his bye And uh, he's just when he plays he's just too good to not Want to have that on your team Amari Cooper uh, Amari Cooper might be the guy that I'm less interested in because Lockett, you're tying yourself to Russell Wilson Devontae Adams You're tying yourself to Rogers. So those two guys. I think are the ones that you would hold Um, If you're if you're trying to talk about someone to, to get a running back, I think I would offer Uh, Amari Cooper, and then Justin Jefferson, just kind of see, Hey, which one, uh, which one do you think, uh, you're more interested in, uh, the problem with Amari and Jefferson is those guys are, are, they're, they're boom, bust sometimes. I mean, if you're these owners, you kind of know that sometimes they'll go up and put a six or eight point in there. Um, so yeah, that sounds good. Two receivers and one flex. Um, so that makes sense. A lot of times when I'm making trade negotiations is I like to kind of make an offer, say, Hey, I'm interested in this guy. Uh, do you like these two players on my team? And then if they, if one of these guys likes Amari Cooper more than Justin Jefferson, then you kind of have the conversation going uh, in that direction. So I think, especially just because Amari Cooper, he's now now he's got Andy Dalton. I could see myself, uh, if Dak was there, I would say I'd probably get rid of the rookie receiver. Since he's so hot right now, he could probably sell high and get a pretty nice return there. Uh, but Amari Cooper, if he didn't get that garbage touchdown last night, you're not looking at a very good game. Uh, So I'm kind of interested in getting rid of Amari or Justin Jefferson. I think that's how I would go. So thanks for the question. Um, Let's get back to, I think we're talking tight ends over here. We just looked at Trey Burton. If you're in need of a pinch this weekend for a starting tight end, uh, like we said, Anthony Ferkser might be the guy for you. Uh, Darren Feld's going up against Green Bay, although Green Bay, they did just allow uh, Rob Gronkowski to score a touchdown, but they're actually pretty solid going up against the tight ends. If you look down here, the Packers, uh, they're giving up, the 20th most points here to tight end, about 10.8 per game. Uh, they've only allowed the one touchdown to Gronk, um, so they're they're actually decent against the tight end. So I don't know if Darren Fells is a good recommendation here. Uh, I'm only going to recommend Darren Fells if Jordan Akins is ruled out. Akins has been dealing with the concussion symptoms and an ankle injury himself. So if Akins is out, I kind of like Fells, but it's a little bit of a gamble. I don't see a lot of high upside there. Uh, the one guy that I do like is Rob Gronkowski going up against Las Vegas. Uh, That's going to be a Sunday night football game, so you get a little skin in that game. That could be uh, a really fun spot start there. Let's just take a look at some of these tight end rankings here. Um, I think Gronk's a tight end one now in total points. So if we just filter by position ranking, uh, you're going to see Gronk. uh, He's flirting. He's about tight end 18. But just in the last few weeks, you see Gronk. Uh, slowly establishing a decent, I mean, he might have this, you know, this game where he goes one for 29. uh, But for the most part, I think you're going to see six to eight targets and you're going to see three to five catches with, I mean, he's always going to have a good shot at a touchdown. Uh, Brady's just missed him on a few all season. So maybe you see uh, Gronk start to stack some really good games. He's just coming off his uh, season high in yards, you know, really good target day. Uh, So Gronk uh, about 68% owned. He might be the guy that if he's available, I'd recommend him the most. Uh, Logan Thomas, he was the guy that we were all interested in at the start of the season when he was getting all those targets, uh, but he kind of comes back to life last week with Kyle Allen. He's going to come in here. He's going to get his four targets. You know, that's kind of been his steady. I've talked about it before where I'd like to get, you know, at least five or six targets out of my tight end, uh, but he capitalized on those far tar- four targets going three for 42. With a touchdown, I know he's these these floor games here, 1.4, 1.8, are very dangerous, uh, but I'm hoping you know, he starts to, ve- to develop a nice report with Kyle Allen, and maybe we start to see these six and sevens again as his floor games. And then, yeah, if he catches the touchdown, he's looking at about 13 points. So he's a little bit more risky uh, if you miss out on some of the other guys. Uh, if you can hold on to Irv Smith heading into the bye, uh, I like what I've seen out of Irv Smith. Let's just take a look at Irv. Uh, He's stacked two really nice games in a row here. So I'm a big fan of what he's doing. And as defenses now have to focus on Adam Thielen and the rookie Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith's going to be running pretty free for the most part. So in the last two weeks, you see five and five targets four for 64, four for 55 still no touchdowns on the year. So those are going to be coming up soon. But I mean, if you can get a tight end that gets double-digit PPR points, I'm all for it. So, I mean, if he can kind of get this, you know, these zeros and these ones and twos behind him, uh, I'm really open to him being a guy that we trust down the stretch because his schedule is going to open up. We kind of talked about Green Bay being a tough tight end matchup. So, if uh, Week Eight Herb Smith comes out and gets another ten points. I think I'm starting Herb Smith against Detroit, maybe against Chicago, but then definitely Dallas, Carolina, Jacksonville. You know, he's got some some really good matchups down the stretch. So keep an eye on Herb Smith. He's a guy that you can kind of add for free uh, since he's on his bye week. Austin Hooper, I'm assuming Austin Hooper Austin is likely owned, uh, but he's a guy that has been stacking three, I think he's had three really solid games uh, in a row now. So he's probably a guy that he should be owned for the most part. Um, but let's take a look here. Where are you, Austin Hooper? Cleveland. There he is. So he's tight end number 17 right now, about 72% owned. So he's probably gonna be owned in your league, but three straight games of double digits, uh six, ten, and seven targets, uh, five game or five catches in all three games. Uh so only one touchdown in the year, maybe those start to you know get stacked and get more touchdowns. But I like Austin Hooper and what he's doing. Um, so we'll see what that happens there. And then you got Albert, and I believe the correct pron- pronunciation of this is uh, Okwebanan, Okwebanan, uh, versus Kansas City. He got, I think it was like four straight red zone targets. So if Noah Fant is going to be out, this might be a guy that I add on Sunday morning in a league or two. Uh, so just keep an eye on him. Looks like we got another question here from Chase Brown. Thanks for the question and for hanging out. So we got Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards, and you're wondering if you should either hold or sell Clyde. Um, also, I'm trading away Antonio Gibson and Robert Woods for Michael Thomas. I think I won this trade. Um, so you're you're sending away Antonio Gibson and Robert Woods, and you're plugging Michael Thomas. Um, so yeah, I actually think that's that's essentially you weren't you probably weren't going to be using Antonio Gibson anyways because you kind of want to use Bell and, in Bell and Clyde. So you kind of get rid of a, a low end RB two flex, and then you're plugging in Michael Thomas, who he's been sitting out. He's healthy. He should be good to go. And you're you're probably looking at you know, the wide receiver one, two or three, the rest of the season. Whereas Robert Woods, I love Robert Woods, but he's kind of, he doesn't have that high of a ceiling. Sometimes he has his low game. So you're, you're basically securing a really good wide receiver there. So I like that. Uh, But for me, uh, I've gotten this question quite a bit. I love Le'Veon Bell with that offense. He's not going to need a lot of touches. I think To I mean, his situation with the jets, he really wasn't getting that many touches to begin with. Uh, And now that he's on a much better team, you know, those touches are going to be worth more. Um, so for I think at the moment, I think I got to hold on to Le'Veon Bell for just a just a, like maybe a game or two, just to kind of see how he looks in the uniform, how he looks in the offense and see where the touches are starting to go. Because, um, I mean, if Bell comes out and he catches, you know, four or five catches and a touchdown or two, you know, it's, we're going to be kicking ourselves if we just sold him um, to get out of this role. Uh, so I think that's what I would recommend doing is. Uh, unless you get an offer that you can't refuse, if someone's really, really gung ho and they want Le'Veon Bell on your team and they're willing to give you a guy like maybe Chris Carson or or some other you know fringe RB one type you know type of running back, I think that's when I'd be okay with getting rid of Le'Veon Bell. Uh, but I don't, I don't think Clyde Edwards is going anywhere. We all saw how good he looked last night, and uh, if anything, Le'Veon Bell is going to start to eat into all those Daryl Williams touches and all of the, I guess, Darwin Thompson didn't get much st- stuff here. But if we're looking at the snap charts from last last night, you see Clyde almost 50 snaps, and then Daryl and Darwin Thompson, these guys combined for 26. Um, so that's, what, two-thirds for Clyde Edwards, and the other guys split the other third. Um, so I could see that being, you know, a Clyde Edwards 60%, 65%, to Le'Veon Bell's maybe 35%. Um, but again, I mean, Le'Veon Bell, he's going to get... Um, he's probably going to end up getting, you know, four catches a game and then probably six to eight rushing attempts. Uh, but all of them, Clyde Edwards, isn't a very good, uh, red zone back. We've seen him get some touchdowns. Um, we also seen some get called back, but Le'Veon Bell can run in between the tackles and maybe get some goal line touchdowns. So I don't know. The whole thing is kind of like a moving piece that I kind of, if you, if you do have Bell, I think I'm recommending to people to just hold on. Let's wait a week or two. Um, or, I mean, there's always the possibility that, you know, Clyde gets a, a tweaked ankle or even Bell could get a tweaked ankle and then, uh, we're all like back to where we started. So I think I'm kind of in the boat of just holding on to Bell. I want to see how he looks in this offense first. Um, so thanks for the question, Chase. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, but back to the tight ends, uh, we were talking about Albert Oak Okwe- going up against Kansas city. I think he caught two for 50 or two for 45 yards. Uh, but they are projecting Noah Fant to be back this weekend. Um, he's been out, you know, since week four. Uh, I'm assuming he's going to play. But if, if if Fant is a is a late game scratch, uh, this is definitely a guy I'm going to be keeping an eye on on Sunday morning. And then Dallas Goddard. We did we saw that Zach Ertz is going to be out uh, for the next three to four weeks. He's going to be on IR, I believe. So uh, Goddard, he's supposed to be activated off IR today, tomorrow, maybe next week. So he's likely going to be playing week eight. I don't expect him out on Thursday night. Uh, But now that Ertz is injured, Ertz hasn't looked great all season. Dallas Goddard's coming back, and he's probably going to be a top five tight end threat uh, the rest of the way. So if he is somehow, I just want to see how much percent owned uh, our boy Dallas Goddard is here. He might even be projecting some points. Um, So he's projected zero points at the moment, but he's less than 30% owned. So uh, if you have the IR spot and you can still fill it up, Goddard's probably the guy that I want to make sure I have on all my teams down the stretch. Uh, And then I kind of just listed some, um, that covers all the tight ends. then I kind of just listed some defenses here. If you have any start sick questions on defense, uh, you can hit me up at the fellow KGB on Twitter. Uh, But man, the Buffalo Bills, we're going to want to start every defense we can against the Jets. Uh, I think the Rams are a good defense going up against Chicago. We're not really scared of that offense. Philadelphia against the Giants, they could be opportunistic uh, with Daniel Jones and sacks and fumbles and interceptions. The Dallas Cowboys defense going up against Washington. It, it's more of a risky play, but it, you're betting on an interception or two from Kyle Allen. Uh, I like the Chargers going up against Jacksonville. Gardner Minshew in the whole offense has been kind of struggling there. Kansas City going up against Drew Locke. Uh, it's in Denver, but I can see locks. It's the second game back. He threw two interceptions last weekend and uh, the chiefs are just a good team. You know, we expect them to win. So that's kind of how, uh, when I, when I make my defense decisions, I'm I'm looking for a team that's going to win the game first and foremost. That gives me the best situation to uh, to kind of bank on there. Um, so I don't know. That's pretty much it for the waiver wire show. Uh, I think I'm going to be doing, I'm going to take like a 10 minute break here and then I'm going to hop into another live stream uh, but I'm, I'm going on vacation uh, this Thursday, so I'm gonna I'm trying to crunch in all my videos tonight and tomorrow. So I'm gonna be covering the Thursday night football game. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I'm probably gonna be uh, jumping into a new stream in about 20 minutes. Looks like we got one more question in here from Uday Bindra. So thoughts on something like Amari for James Conner? Ooh, yeah. If you you can get James Conner, uh, I I think I'd be very happy with that. Let me just take a look at uh, what the Steelers' schedule is the rest of the way. Um, <clears> the <throat> Steelers did have their bye, so that's really that's really great for us. He's RB17 right now, which is fine, uh, but uh, he did you know leave early in the week one, so he's averaging a really healthy point. It looks like when he plays a full game, his worst game is 15. He scored a touchdown in every game. Uh, let's take a look at his schedule coming up, though. So we've got Tennessee. Uh, I'm not really scared against the Tennessee run defense. Baltimore. Baltimore did just lose their 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 best run stuffer uh, defensive lineman. Dallas, we want to target Dallas. Cincinnati, we want to target Cincinnati. Jacksonville. So wow, week nine through eleven, these are smash games here. We'll see. Pittsburgh always plays Baltimore tough. I like uh, Connor's chance for a touchdown there to at least make our day useful. Uh, but then coming back here, Washington, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, man. If you can uh, if you can get uh, James Connor, I think I like that. Uh, and essentially you just plug him in as your RB one and, uh, see what happens. If you needed to, to hedge your bets on James Conner, you could add a guy like Benny Snell to the end of your bench. If you're worried about injury or, uh, anything like that, but Conner's looked good already had his bye week And, uh, like I said, he scored a touchdown in every game. So, uh, he just seems to be a little bit more dependable than Amari Cooper. Uh, I know Amari Cooper is playing great. I mean, if you can get maybe even a play, if you feel like you're losing on this trade, You can even ask him to throw in, you know, something just like a a depth piece or something if you want. So, I mean, he's the wide receiver five. But, uh, uh, I mean, you take away that touchdown last night and you're looking at a 12- to 13-point game. Uh, He did have the stinker going up against the Giants. He does play the Giants again, but that's not till the end of the season. But looking at the Giants' schedule coming up, uh, Washington, we'll see how that defense goes. Philadelphia, he might be in a good spot against Philadelphia. I don't really trust him against Pittsburgh. This might be a good game against Minnesota, Uh, Baltimore. I probably don't trust it. San Francisco should be healthy by then. So I'm just looking at a couple games where you could see some holes from uh, Amari Cooper there. So I think I'm okay with the James Conner recommendation there. Um, But yeah, if anyone has any more questions, uh, I think I'm going to take like a 15, 10 minute break. I have to set up the other stream, but I'm going to be talking, I'm going to be talking Eagles, Giants, NFC East football. Uh, That'll probably be like a 15 to 20 minute show. Uh, So if you want to come hang out for that, I'm going to sign off on this one and uh, we'll see you in another stream. But thank you so much for your time and uh, have a good night. We'll see you in another one. Peace.